Stroud looking underneath. Caught. And touchdown, Jackson Smith and Jekyll. Big hole for Bond. High stepping into Baylor territory. And you can kiss Deuce Bond goodbye. Action here. Williams setting up. Going downtown. Mims is there. Touchdown, Oklahoma. Baylor's with a quick swing pass. It's Keaton Mitchell on the sideline. Across midfield. It's a foot race. Welcome back to episode 28 of the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. I am your host, Zach Tao, and with me, Chris Kay and Andrew Katz to talk what we saw in week one, look ahead to week two, and everything in between. So how are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. A little delay, a little user, got to get some stuff downloaded, Yeah, but we're here. We've yeah, made it. driver issues, but whatever, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, chilling, man. Yeah. No, I'm good. Pretty good. It feels like we jumped ahead in the week because of the holiday on Monday, but at the same time, we don't get CFB until Friday. So now it feels like we came out kind of even relative right. to like the, the Thursday night game, which we we're, yeah, we're not getting we're not getting the Tuesday matchins yet. So yeah, um, was that about week, week what's that week six, dope. week seven? When's that start? November, November so yeah. it's like week, week eight week nine yeah, eight, maybe no, week, t- week 10 it's so week 10 november, that long? first week in november is when uh me and my buddies are targeting our yearly trip so i'm very cognizant of the calendar this year it's like a, it's like a holiday for andrew exactly. right. uh last week was so crazy that like it, this is nice like this is a nice like we get a ton of games still we still get like a two gamer on friday which is fun Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not just like going crazy nonstop. Well, define fun. So. Define fun because if it's the game I'm looking at, it's not going to be fun. <laughs> well, you're a Boise fan. And you have a million things going on. So, God, <clears throat> it's probably not the most fun Friday slate. There's got to be some others out there, but I think the first game is fun. UCF and Louisville, like that's about as good as it gets for a weekday game. Oh, incredible. Right? Yeah. 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 It's gonna be yeah. As long as Louisville doesn't put up a stinker like they did last week. Yeah. They can't but, do it again. It's like God said, you know what? I'm giving you UCF Louisville. So you must have to deal with New Mexico boys. You state. Uh, <laughs> it's about right. Uh, you know, like I you know what? I don't even want to get into that. Um, but I, what I do want to get into is what you guys thought from week one was the thing that stood out to you, the game that stood out, surprised you, or didn't live up to a hype or whatever. Um, Andrew, I want you to go first. I'm such a – I'm so cognizant of when I allow myself to truly rip off the the mask and just become a, an awful human being on any given Saturday. Like I, I, I generally try and – stay away from the t- the t- the TV during the day and just like, obviously I don't have the amount of restraint where I can't be checking scores and internally twisting my stomach into knots. I'm not that kind of, uh, I don't have that, that level of control, but I don't really allow myself to let loose until nights late usually. Uh, and held true uh, this week. I-, I caught a little bit of the early games, which is rare for me. Uh, I usually don't like won't watch anything on Saturday during the day, but, really just waited until uh kids kids went to bed and then just absolutely started funneling drinks and just getting <laughs> where i need to be for the for the for the night games and i forget what i was watching initially but i was i was flipping flipping back and forth i think i had some some ohio state notre dame on but i love taking advantage of espn plus just because i mean it truly is not a spectacular viewing experience you're usually talking about some fuzzy uh some some fuzzy uh some fuzzy video the, the things that are on the screen in terms of like the, the caption, like you're, you're really fortunate if you get like down in distance, you're usually not getting anything like that. You're lucky if you get a score and uh, the announcing crews like tier, tier, uh, tier four uh, more or less. So I, I, I targeted the Texas tech game and watched that for a while. And, and it was so obvious when something happened to Shuck too. I like, I, I watched the play happen and do they, they leave him in for like another series and change. And he, he immediately misses a screen by like five feet over a guy's head and then misses a wide open receiver 30 yards down the field in the end zone. No one's even near the guy. It's like, 
but uh, initially you just like chalk it up to like oh it's just uh it's just shuck being shuck with the guy that we assume would lose his job anyway but he was sharp before that firing past solver plays you think that like watching the guy who 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 uh ripped his collarbone to pieces last year and get tackled on his neck would have triggered some sort of connection in my head, but it did not. I was already a couple drinks deep at that point. Uh, and then um, kind of it all came to pass. Smith comes in and the, of course the TV crew doesn't even think to mention that something might be going on. They're like, Oh, they're just giving Smith a series or two or whatever. But and of course, uh, like it, it's gotta be a collarbone. They're like trying to play around. That could be just like AC joint or whatever. And no, like, we're, we're not we're not seeing him again i don't think but anyway so after that that kind of bummed me out for a little bit but um i had moved all of my on the score i'd, I'd highlighted with the the bell thing where you can bring the games to the top of your uh your score sc- the sc- your scrolling experience on the score app i'd moved all the games to the top that i had win totals on for the year win total bets uh and southern miss liberty was one of them so i was like oh that game is like making moves like let's see what's going on there and I, I missed the initial quarter or so, and I kind of caught up just through like checking, the, doing some box score scouting. And I saw Ty Keys, like all that offseason hype apparently was just like, I, I, have, a lot, I have a lot of faith in, in Will Hall, generally speaking. I, I drank a lot of the Kool Aid, but the dude, Ty Keys had, was four of eight with two interceptions. And I think he, he might have lost the fumble as well. So it's like, okay, I guess you're still a turnover <laughs> machine. And I assumed that the reason that, when I when I when I uh, flip back onto that game, that the reason that we're seeing Frank Gore launching passes all over the field was just <laughs> they were like, you know what, this is like get the Keys experiment. Experiment. We're moving on from that. It's time to go to our real quarterback. But apparently, Keys ended up getting hurt uh, in the game. But I I watched the, more or less the remainder of that game, kind of on and off, flipping back and forth across other things. And as I pr- progressed and kind of kept. Uh, progressing through my night and my, my, my drinking environments of that. I, I had so many impressions that uh, on that game. And I don't, I feel like I can only recall uh, so many of them with the appropriate amount of uh, detail and context, but I, I, I mean, that game looked like it was looking so good for our boys. Hashtag SMTTT for so long, like the goal for, some of the Frank Gore passes were like this. It's this five foot eight dude just actually looking like a real quarterback. Like he was laying out some dimes to the guys, like rolling to his left. And he completed, like, he only completed like one pass, I think, but one for that, four. Yeah, but dude, he for like, 48 he yards. Pass 40 yards down the field, drops it right into the, the dude's arms. And of course, he drops it. But um, that the game was looking so good for them until and. I, I mentioned that Ty, that Ty Keys is out, but of course now we know like Charlie, Charlie Brewer is out like six to eight weeks as well. And one of the reasons that this game was looking so good for Southern Miss is because they bring in Jonathan Bennett and that dude is dust. Like he is just so such a backup quarterback. Like he can kind of just, he can get the snap off, probably execute on the play that the coach wants. To, and so to, and uh, as long as it's like simple enough, like he's not going to make any mistakes, but that dude was not winning the game. And like, and it, it, it kind of, Reminded me, and here I go comparing Southern Miss Liberty to Alabama, Georgia from 2018 or whatever it was, but it kind of reminded me of that where like, as long as Jonathan Bennett was in the game, as long as Jalen Hurts was in the game, I knew my guys were going to win that game. And then freeze, I guess at a certain point, he's like, well, F it. Like this dude's not winning me the game. Let's put in kid on Salter. And you like, you, I, you watch a couple of plays of just Salter playing quarterback and you're like, we're fucked. Like, <laughs> like this is, this I, is not I, the experience we were expecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, third string QB. Like this dude's obviously third string for a reason. Like, yeah, you had the hype, the pedigree, but it's just like, I expected like, all right, maybe he's just like an elite athlete and it doesn't translate to the quarterback, but it's not that at all. And I was thinking about like what the comp I would make is. And it's almost watching him play reminds me a lot of Khalil Tate when he first got into games except like Salter has a ridiculous arm and he not just like an arm and like where he could throw it far. Like he can put the ball exactly where he wants it to, but you can also tell why he's third string. And I, <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. Like whenever the play starts, that is actually like 
the start of the play. And what happens after that could be anything. So you can, you can imagine in practice where freeze wants him to like execute a drill or something, or just execute a play in line with like, okay, we're going to run this play. This is what's going to happen. That's probably never happens actually because <laughs> Keon Salter just wants to freestyle and figure shit out on the fly, which I respect. Like how many people can actually be that dynamic? In like a little Johnny football. football. Yeah. Like yeah. It, that is, it's absolutely special, but there's no way you can actually, I think, in an environment that is not live practice, you can't, you can't actually see that play out on the practice field. I don't think you can, his, his strengths, his talents don't resonate in a controlled environment. So the whole red shirt thing, you know, where it's like, you know, you can't sack him. So like his whole like juke move circle, you know, spin move type thing doesn't actually. (laughs) They didn't even put him in until the fourth quarter. And he ended up with not like nine of 14. Like like, 200 plus yards in total. Yeah, nine carries, sixty-five yards, couple, couple uh, passing TDs, rushing TD. I Did mean, the great. game was just absolutely out of control. Like, the, <laughs> I, I was enjoying it so much until I remember, until I was rudely reminded that after the second OT, they start the stupid fucking two-point conversion thing. <laughs> what a fucking letdown! Like, this game was legendary. Not that I remember most of it, but like, just so much ridiculous, dumb shit happening, and like. <laughs> I added Salter everywhere I could. I can't believe he was available in our dynasty league. I can't believe someone cut him. But in dynasty, like I was, I was like, I'll pay whatever it takes. And then I, w- I was reading, and he did. Uh, he paid whatever it took. Yeah, I was reading waiver wire content and from uh, from people that produce such things, and everyone kind of had him highlighted, but no one had him on like the same tier I did. Well, so initially I had like ninety percent bids in across the board. I was like, I probably can probably scale this back to like half, and I'm gonna get him, and I got him everywhere. But I, I think within two weeks, either he's going to be back on the bench, but not likely because Brewer's out and like he's out for like he's, he's going to have to go right? really badly. But yeah, I don't, I don't even think I don't think I'm starting him this week against UAB just because I kind of respect them as a team. But then next week, I think he goes. You need some time to see that he's yeah. for real, unless right. your yeah. team is that thin. So, so, so Chris, which game did you? have your eye on <laughs> i didn't so unfortunately i was, I was only like halfway done <laughs> i know i had to jump in here i had an opportunity Twice a good host uh i was unfortunately slash fortunately at the beach so i didn't get to watch a ton of stuff um i thought the texas tech like looking back at the texas tech in terms of like stats and snaps and all that stuff is super interesting you see like uh i'm gonna completely butcher this guy's name and with good reason like loik fungi Bungie, yeah. yes he had like he played like 12 total snaps and he had like five catches for two touchdowns and like 100 plus yards um like that's the stuff i look at as like someone that creates projections is like a an easy opportunity to play the numbers and just not expect that same type of thing happen so like i think we've saw the instant overreaction of miles price and I think people will still like Miles Price this weekend, especially against Houston, who just gave up um, some good performances against UTSA. But like, you know, I think like this is furthermore pushes that I want Bradley, I want Price, and I'm really happy about that. Playing him in DFS, and I have Bradley a bunch in Dynasty. But um, the Frank Gore stuff was hilarious. Like looking into that, like the whole weekend, I was like, I don't know why you guys are freaking out about Southern Miss. Like whatever, like. Like everybody was like just ragging Southern Miss in terms of like what what did they do? How did this happen? And then I look it up and I'm reading like this this article about it like literally three hours ago, and it was Keys gets hurt, Low comes in throws an interception on a deep ball. They go into halftime. Frank Gore is QB one, and <laughs> Will Hall calls it the super back. He's like, well, the super back scored on the first drive, so we said screw it. And then I saw like a tweet that was like, did like did Frank Gore really just throw a fader out at the goal line? <laughs> like it was just incredible. So uh that was awesome. Today or uh, on Saturday, I was able to watch slash listen to a little bit in the car. JJ McCarthy officially won the Michigan job, which was awesome. Really? Super, no, but it's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was four for four. Uh, passing and he had a long touch, like a nice 35 yard touchdown run. Um, I mean, so what this I said is exactly what Harbaugh wanted. He wanted Mac, he wanted to pick McCarthy, 
He knew yeah. that he could not go against at least week one. You know, this kind of feels Ian Bookish from uh, Notre Dame years ago, where it's like, I can't like really justify picking like the fre- uh, the sophomore that doesn't have a lot of experience that kind of made a, a huge mistake against Michigan State last year that almost caught, well, cost him the, the, the win, but not necessarily in a sense. But so McNamara comes out, looks very average. He throws for like a buck 80 and 61 yards. It was on mm. the first drive on a screen pass. That was like, that's nothing. And then McCarthy looks great in limited action. McCarthy is going to go for 400 rushing yards and 300 passing yards against Hawaii. And it's going to be game over and they're going to go to the playoff and they're going to win a championship. Do you think McNamara gets time in that game or no? (laughs) I think he, I mean, I think he gets time because I think that's the way to justify like a full competition, right? It's like, well, McCarthy played, we're up 51 to zero at this point. Well, I'm sorry, 42 to zero at this point. And then we'll let McNamara get a couple drives because, you know, we did that with McCarthy, and then we're going to let an orgy happen in the fourth quarter. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Did well, y'all see that, by the way? RG3 like, was, of course, super weird about it. <laughs> I mean, not not. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I would feel not surprised by that, but I feel like he's the, the type of guy to use words and puns like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was great. So, so I guess the game that I, I watched, it was a little, I wanted to see James Madison. I know they were playing middle Tennessee, but I wanted to see if, if Chris Thornton was the real deal. And what I meant by the real deal is like, is he going to be a fantasy relevant player or is he just their wide receiver one? That's just going to get, you know, 80 yards a game. Like, no, they were targeting him. It seemed like every other play, um, every time they threw the ball, it felt like, he it was him or the what was the other guy? There was two guys. That, yeah, and like they were Brown or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and it, I don't think I heard another receiver's name the whole like half that I watched. <laughs> and it was great to see if you have Chris Thornton. Um, but um, I also learned I have to say since you brought it up pre-show, Chris, um, the pronunciation of the running back. I don't know if it's legit or not, but they kept saying it this way. Percy Ajay Obase. <laughs> that feels right. You you did the fon- like the phonetics behind it, like yeah, in the messaging to us, and I was like, I don't know what you're saying right now. Like <laughs> that, like I know what you're trying to do, but like I can't actually right. say that. So out. like that's what they kept saying on the broadcasts, and I'm like, you know what? That's probably right, but it's better than saying. How did, how did he look, by the way? Is he viable? Is he like a decent? I mean, he was their last flax guy. He was their running back. That's about all I can say. Like, <laughs> I mean, Middle Tennessee's pretty bad, and it just felt like it just felt like their clear advantage was just throwing the ball all game. Um, I mean, he how, he looked how okay. Mateo throw the ball like that dude sucked on Temple and he sucked on Colorado State. Man, Why he was he was throwing dimes, man. And maybe it was Middle Tennessee, but like, I guess. Did he actually, like, hit, did his throwing mechanics look actually decent? Because he I looked don't remember comfortable. Them ever being decent. He looked comfortable back there throwing the ball. Um, so I, that's all I can say. Middle Tennessee, I think, is bad. I think they're bottom 10 bad. Dude. <laughs> I will say one of my f- two favorite things of uh, the weekend in terms of fantasy leagues. Andrew winning by like 0.3 in the 50 teamer over over sleepy Joe poor guy. I think you guys put up like what? 148 each basically. Yeah. And, um, and poor Joe just lost by like 0.3. Dude, I, I, I stayed up as late as I could and I went to bed and he had, he had, he strategically had the Hawaii tight end and he needed like five points. And I, I'm like, I can't, I can't. I'm like, I'm so messed up. I, I need to go to sleep. And, it was midnight. Like, <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. So I, I wake up and, of course, I do the degenerate thing where I avoid – I go to the play-by-play and I scroll through and I'm looking for Jordan Murray catches to instort, instead of checking the actual score of our fantasy matchup. And none in the first quarter, one in the second. I'm like – so I'm like, oh, full, full PPR. So I probably got like two to three. But three is t- going to be close, and he he gets one in this the second, the third, and I think the fourth quarter. And I'm adding it up. I'm like, 
but those last two, they weren't for a lot of yards. I might be good. So, and then I, <laughs> I go over to the box where I'm like, wow, I won by like literally like 1.05 points. So do <laughs> show of hands. Does anybody else wake up at five? You know, cause we've been drinking all night or, yeah. you know, we've been drinking a little bit, but then we like chug water to feel, make sure we feel good on Sunday. And then ultimately we wake up at four 30 in the morning. Does anybody else go to the bathroom and literally spend 20 minutes checking all their teams at 4 30 in the morning? Or <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been no, trying to leave my that. phone in the living room, <laughs> but then all, but usually that helps me get to sleep a little quicker, but then I end up flying out to the living room to like check shit in the middle of the night. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You put your phone out in the living room. So I, I've been trying to do it more because like I'll, like I've never been the greatest at falling asleep. Like some people can just turn off the switch, but I mean, my brain just operates on another plane from most people. So, I mean, I don't fall asleep very quickly. And I, especially... feel like, I feel like Andrew's that meme where he's the guy's laying there and the wife's like, <laughs> I, I bet he's thinking about another woman. Andrew's like, man, I hope that guy didn't get five points against me. <laughs> Did Jordan Murray score five points? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm the, I'm the type that falls asleep immediately, but I wake up at like four and then I don't fall asleep again until like five 30. Like yeah. That's like I could fall asleep. I could say good night and I'm, I'm out within 20 seconds. It's amazing. Okay. But right. then until four 30, I'm kind of the same way. I'm, I'm more toward. Friday, I used to be I, like Andrew, but I guess I just decided to. Friday night. I went to, I, I took it easy. Like I didn't, I was like, I want to be fresh for Saturday. So I was, but I was, so I was like dead tired. Um, so I watched like one TCU drive and I was like, great Chandler looks like shit. Going to bed. <laughs> Wake up in the middle of the night, check the, 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 the play by play. And I'm like, he, this is not good at all. What is going on here? And then I see like, he leaves the game at some point and then I check Twitter and it's like, Oh great. He like ripped his knee. So the nothing, absolutely nothing good is here. So I just, I, I just went back to bed with my tail between my legs and just kind of laid awake for a while <laughs> thinking about what a failure I am. So, so I, I there was a game I, I remember when it happened it was Thursday night, Tennessee. Like I was watching a hundred percent for Brew. I said I, I want him to find the end zone so bad. Just just so we can have a victory lap, right? Yeah. And I'll be honest, like he's gonna be involved pretty heavily, I think, this year. Like Yeah, that my I like what I took away from that game was um like nobody stood out because they blew him out right it was like i think tillman had four catches like he had six catches on seven targets but they seriously rotated guys in like they did it non-stop like they led uh ramal keaton was in early i think it was was it jimmy holiday um a bunch like walker merrill hyatt obviously i think it is a true tillman one and then Hyatt and Brew are going to flip-flop mm-hmm. receiver two, three in terms of targets. Technically, Brew had five targets. I think the Hyatt's four. But Hyatt got the touchdown. Right. Um, you know, Brew had a nice catch along the sideline inside the f- 10 mm-hmm. and, like, just got pushed out of bounds. Like, like he certainly be... looks the part. Like, he's yeah. he looks like next level. Like even I if think it, they all that offense yeah. is gonna be great. Yeah, I think even Hyatt has a shot at being. And I'm not here trying to hype up Brew like as much as we've already done that. But like I, I truly think like it, it was the first drive, first two drives of the game, he was out there, and that's great. He's a clear, he's yeah. a clear starter. It's great they, for us. You know, they gave Walker a, the old high school try. They were being <laughs> nice. You know, they wanted to keep him in for another year, locked into Tennessee football. Right. We'll know, especially after this pig game. Because they're going to have to, you know, they're almost a touchdown favorite, which is interesting. Because isn't Pitt ranked in their at Pitt? The, the the rare, yeah, they're at Pitt. I think that's the it's the rare, but it happens. It's funny how that works. But we'll know for sure because they're not going to be able to rotate in guys. Their running back rotation will be interesting. Like how much is Jabari Small actually going to get? Like yeah. because they didn't really have to do it. It's kind of like they wanted to kind of fine tune some guys against real competition, and then. You know, they saw things move real well and then they kind of pumped the brakes to make sure guys weren't hurt. You know, I you know, I read a lot of Tennessee stuff for obvious reasons. <laughs> People they're very salty about that pit game last year. They want some revenge. So I think that yeah. played a part into it as well. But yeah. yeah, I'm pretty not thrilled about Brew week one, but in terms of like all the other, I stuff, think we're fine. I think I think sure. he's in a good position to have his weeks where it's his week. 
you know, like, it's, it's difficult for you to have the perspective that I think you should. And you, you are way ahead of where I think an objective party, if we progressed from February till now and asked that objective party every single month, what do you expect Brew to be doing after? What do you expect your feeling to be about Brew after week one? You're coming out way ahead right now. It's just difficult to see it because you're you living in this moment right now, yeah. if that makes sense. So um, were there any other games you guys thought that were kind of mm. eye-catching? What, what do you think about Notre Dame's offense? Because I think there's two legitimate fantasy options, maybe three in DFS terms. And I'm very curious because I took – I kind of had this take. That was really the only game I really watched. Honestly, I didn't I watch much of that game. Did you watch any of that, Andrew? Just a little. I didn't think Buckner looked really great, but I've also – like I have a ton of respect for Jim Knowles. I expected Ohio State's defense to be good. It seemed like the – I think Notre Dame will be fine. Like, like Ohio yeah, State. Really judge him. Yeah, Ohio State's Ohio State. So I... – so my my thoughts were Mayer's going to get a ton of targets. I think he yeah. had like forty four percent of targets. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's going to be that high, but like I think he's going to be just so safe. I think it's going to be a lot of like short, quick passes. Um, but part of me is like, how much of this was they played at Ohio State? If I watched the first half very intently, and it was like they played so scared. It felt like mm. it was almost like they didn't want to lose the game the entire time. And my other takeaway from that would be that uh, Buckner, Buchner, whatever, like he's going to run a good bit. He doesn't have any options. His receivers are a walk-on white guy, Salermo, <laughs> who had a sick catch. It was, an, it was a top 10 play, sick catch. And then he also had a bad pass interference against himself. Um, and then like the other receivers are just, like nobody's, yeah. You know, yeah. Lindsay is Lindsay's like the poor man Jalen Hyatt, right? Like Lindsay's been the guy that we've talked about at Notre Dame is like a guy that could break through for three mm-hmm. years, yeah. And he's literally done no- like there's like yeah. guys with one leg playing receiver for Notre Dame right now, and Lindsay still only can get like two. He's times. Octavius Evans. It's gross. <laughs> it's gross. It's like, dude, what are you doing? The yeah. other one. Good. Uh, the one big play to Styles on like the first play of the game or whatever was just like it, it's not what I guess broken plays applicable, but like the defender went for a pick and missed, and that's why it was fifty yards. It was it like wasn't. a five yard pass. It was yeah. It wasn't like Styles made some sick play. Yeah. I mean, if he was if Styles was that great, they would have thrown it to him more than they did, which yeah. they barely did. Uh, the other option, fantasy wise, I think is interesting. That is probably a guy that we would we would need to hit on sooner rather than later is this Audric esteem guy. Chris Mm. Tyree is a guy that I've wanted to be a thing for like now two years, like Jafar Armstrong, something about Notre Dame running backs. Yeah. And he's just not, he's just not going to happen. He's like fetch. He's just not going to (laughs) happen. So like, are we jumping aboard esteem? Cause I think esteem could get some real run. And this is the lowest we're going to see him at price wise. So do you got, I mean, any opinion or thoughts on this Audric esteem? He's a big dude, I believe. Yeah. They want to get like, it seemed like he was every time I looked up, he was the dude getting carries like, like in that he was always like, I barely, I feel like I didn't even see Tyree for all the game I was watching. So with the, with Marshall coming up here, feels nice. Yeah, this will be a good. This will be a good tell of like how they actually perform. There's a ton of like QB draws and screens and short passes, so we'll see if they actually open it up. So yeah. I, I kind of want to do a little victory lap here, guys. Um, so Arkansas had a we're in a tough game against Cincinnati, but Trey Knox. How about Trey Knox? That was nice. <laughs> so like I my the one guy I, I called out as tight end. I think when you asked like who's your guy. This year was there another tight end you talked about this offseason? I can't remember which one. There's a few, <laughs> but the other ones didn't really. Any, any of them out for the season? Oh uh, yeah, we're not going to go there. We're um, not doing that. We'll we'll stick to Trey Knox. Yeah, that was a great call. I mean, it makes a lot of sense though, right? Like, well, he's converted wide receiver to tight end, which is the opposite of Bolt, which Bolt was a tight end converted to wide receiver. Um, but like Trey Knox was their leading receiver. Not just because he had two touchdowns, but I believe he had like six, double the amount of catches, six, I think. 
to their everyone else's two or three. Like had, if he's yeah, their if these are leading usage. target week in week out, he's going to be a monster yeah. for them. I mean, no one really wanted to believe in any of their receivers, so it makes sense that someone other than a receiver could be. Oh, he's been there forever, game right? Passing game target. He was the receiver that like was the big name alongside right. Burks. And yeah. people were like, he might have been like maybe a year before Burks or maybe. No, they were the same class. Same year. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and people wanted both of them to be a thing. And it was only Burks. Burks right. And Knox, I, maybe he beefed up a little bit. And that's why I moved a tight end. Maybe they're just like, we're going to make you a tight end. It's really just a stand up tight yeah. end, like a slot guy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the reason why I think it could still be a thing moving forward is that they don't have anything. Like Matt right. Landers and Hazelwood are your one two. No, that's not right. really like right. what right. that's we saw in week one and, and then obviously in years past. They're flash in the pan types, they're yeah. inconsistent. Like doesn't seem like it's gonna get any better from those two. Um, I guess one more game I want to talk about, like Arizona and San Diego State. Arizona looked good. Like they looked really good. I don't know if you guys watched that game. But Arizona no. looked sharp. Going with him, right? Like the, the, their offense just looked sharp. It didn't look like they just learned how to play football a week ago. And they they were like San Diego State. Maybe they're not that great, but re, like they're normally a good stout defense, and they were just carving them up like it was nothing. So, did you guys see off topic, but not off topic? Did you see how hot it was at that park at San Diego State's field? Uh. Uh-uh. They built a stadium. I didn't even realize this because I'm not in that. Like, I don't go to games like that or anything. But, like, there's, like, zero shade. (laughs) (laughs) And they had this insane heat wave. It was, like, 100 degrees. And I saw this TikTok video because somebody shared it with me because I don't do TikTok. Um, Mm. And, like, it's literally, like, they show the stadium and there's, like, 5,000 people in this, like, 40,000-seat stadium. And then there's like 20,000 people in the concourse. There's like people on stretchers nonstop. They're like <laughs> begging for water. It'll, it's like 20 minutes from Walking Dead, you know? Like they're that close to just like just fighting each other for a bottle of water. So I thought that That's was great. entertaining. That's the most I can input from it. But from an offensive standpoint, you know, Arizona – they seem to have a ton of talent. We just don't mm-hmm. really know. Like the freshman, the guy. McMillan was good. McMillan yeah. was he looked a lot the part. Of four and five stars. Yeah, he, I think he was the number uh, one receiver Delora? in the class, right? He's, if he wasn't, he was up there. Yeah, he's up there. I just know that he was. Delora big. looked good. Um, I mean, like that team that might be a fun team to watch this year. Like just moving forward. Um, let's, let's let's get out of week one. Let's go ahead and let's get to week two. Um. Because we don't want to be here all night. We can talk, like Andrew said, we got 50 hours of content we got to pick from. Um, But going into week two, the news, Sam Hartman is back. That's good news. Um, Especially if you drafted him in a best ball and you were thinking it's going to be like a month, six weeks that you were not going to have. I thought I was good to go. I didn't have any Hartman. I was was (laughs) checking all my leaks, writing off for dead, all the people who wasted uh, early round draft capital for him. I was already counting my win on the under on a uh, wake wake at forest win total, uh, and here we right. are. Right. So, <laughs> so how do you think that factors into their their receivers' performance? Because like they played VMI week one, yeah. obviously they they dominated that game, but the no receiver really jumped out as the the lead guy. Yeah. So, do you think it's just that's just the offense that they've got too many mouths to feed, or do you think somebody clearly separates? Like At no. Perry was drafted so high yeah. that. Does week one tell you anything, or just do you think he's going to get enough as the year goes around to to kind of justify his draft position? I think Perry and Hartman have that mind meld, like the the AOC Charlie Jones uh, kind kind of thing. Like they they, they don't, the, what whatever the play call doesn't even matter because they know they both know where how to where he's going to get open and he just get thrown there. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that we saw that as the season progressed last year, every indication this off season when this off season was that's here to stay. That's why Perry was going so high in drafts, and that's probably we're probably going to see that uh, again uh, now that Hartman is back in the fold. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried one bit if you have Perry. I think this is good. You know, I think Griffiths played a really well game. 
Did he look good? Uh, Did you watch? I didn't really watch, but stat stat wise looks great. I have a one of my buddies said he he was bad, but I don't know. Maybe he missed <laughs> Perry on a couple. You know, that's the thing though, right? Like he could have missed Perry on a couple long targets. It just felt like he never got Perry involved early. But like you like, gotta realize, like he wasn't game. named the starter to like what a week and a half ago. He had, ago, he had maybe, no yeah. reason to think he was going to play. Yeah, well, that's more just a fa- uh, justification as to why Perry wasn't amazing yeah. rather than, like, Griffiths being Griffiths. Like, he had 288 and three touchdowns. Right. But I think Hartman's going to be better on the – I mean, obviously, better on the ground. He's going to score on the ground. And I think he's going to locate Perry. I think, yeah. like Andrew said, there's that, that mold meld of, like, I know what this guy's going to do. I've been here forever with him. Um, it just is, I love every second of it. I have prize picks overs on Hartman. So I'm definitely happy that, that those aren't dead in the water, especially with Rodriguez from uh, Kentucky, uh, being suspended multiples. I got a lot of those together, but like, it's very interesting that he, they made this big thing about it. And maybe it was us making a big thing out about it, but he misses one game. <laughs> is there any, is there any chance? I mean, He's hundred percent right. Like, the I would rumor think so. is blood clots. Right. He's he's not playing if there's any in like harm to him. He's got to be full strength, hundred percent ready. I don't think they're putting him out there. If they made it such a big deal that that he wasn't going to play, that it could be multiple weeks. Like, I, I don't think they're going to put him out there unless he's ready to go. Cool. But, but yeah, you know. I think the same thing. Um, did you have any lineups or any picks? On underdog, I, I feel like the move is just to f- find different ways to correlate in game stack the Louisville UCF game, right? So they, they've got and they reformatted their their pick them where I, I think it. Well, before nice, you before you, before you get into that, pick them is the easiest way to get some action on underdog. Just pick o- your over under on your favorite player stats, and you can win up to twenty times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple. They're easy to use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick em slip. Get every pick right and take home some cold hard cash. Use the code BTR to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. So, Andrew, Louisville UCF. They, they reformatted the pick em where now, I don't know, it's it, it, relative to last week. I think it's a little cleaner in some ways where under you've got the player name all the everybody everything sorted by game kind of from high to low and then within that that game you've got each individual player but underneath that player you've got all their different um all their different uh selections that you can make and then by variable what platform you're on that's far from a given like DraftKings sorts everything where there's the rushing props and then on a different screen there's the receiving and then the, the rushing tds but for instance, Matt Malik Cunningham this week, it's like, okay, it's Malik Cunningham, and then right underneath his name, you could bet his, if he scores a, or you can choose, select if he uh, scores a rushing touchdown, if you think he's going to get more or less yards, passing, rushing, et cetera. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I think I think just all of the different uh, selections I've seen on Underdog, different platforms, it seems like there's, on the Louisville side, Louisville side for sure, there's opportunity to, uh, just kind of go over correlate and think that that if this game reasonably shoots out, all, a lot of different things can hit. Like the the the, uh, the lines for the different key players, all they don't necessarily seem super inflated at all. Um, like put it th- checking the box for a Malik Cunningham rushing touchdown, I think makes a lot of sense. I'm one of the few uh, selections I did for actual player level season long was betting taking his under actually for rushing touchdowns on which on DraftKings initially was 17 and a half. I was going to say, wasn't it like 18 or something like that? Yeah. insane insane number. But anyway, but I think he, they, they make an active effort uh, to run him a little more this week, but Tion Evans, uh, his uh, selection on underdog for rushing yards, I think it's 70 and a half. Mm -hmm. Like he's the man he's like, as we saw, like we, I think we talked about how this like, this was what was going to happen, how he was, RB one, and he was just they were going to ride with him. He, he just kind of scouting the stat line. Um, it seemed like he was the only guy who really showed out last week. They're probably going to just continue to feed him. So I'm cool riding with him uh, this week. Uh, going with uh, Cunningham to score. 
um, and then kind of just messing around from there with some different things, but kind of using that as a core and playing around. And then do kind you, of just do you think his and... game is better than his first one against Syracuse? Because God, I he, hope so. That was a rough outing. Malik? Yeah, gotta be right. Yeah, it's gotta be better. I mean, I because if it's not, the, there's panic that's setting in for a lot of people. I think that it's. I don't want to say that he's going to totally bust this year because I don't have any real reason to predict that meaningfully, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't regression isn't crazy well, to think. I mean, when you think about it, right? Like he scored a ton of rushing touchdowns Yeah, is a limited, but good passer. And he doesn't have a ton of talent around him to help him. So like yeah. regression is not the craziest thing to project. Um, when they it comes- said this offseason that they wanted to run him less, that they and then they brought in all these running backs, stacked their running back room, and obviously it's different once you have an outcome like last week to maybe they just revert back to Malik do everything kind of deal. And losing Harold um, doesn't help either. Harold and his goose egg from week one, uh, but yeah, um, we're not yeah, talking that, about that. <laughs> that's my uh, that, that's kind of where where my head's at though. Yeah, I liked your underdog picks, though. I think I was looking at it earlier, and I had five that I kind of – well, four that I really kind of looked at and essentially picked. Um, one of them was Malik rush, t- uh, rush touchdowns over. Um, I like Bowser over 68.5 rushing yards. I like the over with JRP in terms of total yards of 295 uh, and a half. Like, I think with JRP, you know, like, I think he throws for – for 225 like yes. that's not a crazy number they're gonna run man they're gonna go fast that game's gonna be wild it's gonna that be, game it's gonna be so much fun that game in theory should be really like, sweet 295 so, and a half seems low total 225 and you tell me he can't rush for 70 like yeah he's going i think in a full game of where he's really used he that's like a per, I mean, it's not the best i don't think we have like the best ev in it. i don't think we have the best like edge on it but like, if I'm picking something, that's a great one. I actually, and to, they have Texas Bama up because it's such a big game already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of like Jordan Whittington under 45 and a half uh, receiving. I saw, yards. dude, I, that caught my eye as well. I I haven't looked at the Texas box score from week one. Did he show out or like what's? The, I don't understand why he's like why they're putting that up. Um, I don't know. I didn't he watch just. Him. I mean, I get it. I know he that. did not have a big game. Like, yeah. uh, I can throw, it, I can pull it real quick. I remember looking at it earlier. He, I mean, he had four targets and twenty-six yards. This is really a question of like, does Quinn Ewers do better? I mean, his underdog yeah. is two hundred five for passing yards. Two hundred seven. Yeah. So, two hundred seven and a half. Two hundred seven. So, I mean, that is tough, man. Like you're not, he's getting a quarter of the yards, but he's not going to get a quarter of the targets. So that's tough. I mean, and by the way, I think they just took off Isaiah Bowser off the board. Yeah. Like literally I just tried betting it and they're like, no, no, no. Big brother's (laughs) watching. Uh, So I wonder, did he just get hurt or something? Yeah. Mm. Is it that time of the month? I don't know. Maybe (laughs) just random stuff happened. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of good options, um, a lot of competitive options. I think if you really love, if you're a Burton fan, you're not going to get a 78 and a half receiving yards. That's not going to be lower than that. You know, that's a big one. I think Bijan Robinson, 72 and a half rushing yards. You know, I think that's a nice over. We saw Lou Nichols play a, a superior team and do really, really well. Um, and then, you know, Addison, same thing, Jordan Addison, 83 and a half receiving yards, not one I would bet, but like, if you're trying to diversify a little bit, like, I think that's a number that's going to be lower than it'll, it'll be in majority of weeks, which is something to be said. I think Caleb Williams, 32 and a half rushing yards seems low also. Yeah, I would agree with that too. It just depends really, like, you know, I don't think you have to worry about like sacks with Stanford. I think you have to worry about like competitiveness. Like, yeah. is yeah. this game going to be close enough where they feel like they have to run? Right. Like, they're going to say, hey, Caleb, like, get the extra yards. If you can get an extra four yards, get it. Like, and I think that's what you would have to worry about if that's not a competitive game. Yeah. 
All right, so let's move away from underdog real quick, and let's just—is there any games in week two that you're looking ahead towards? I was going to. I was going to ask that question okay. to like try and try and actually look like I'm adding value. Okay. 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 I'll just act like I didn't ask it. Andrew, would you like to ask the question? Sure. What What's your guys' game games of the week this week? I think most fun game Houston Texas Tech is going to be elite. Yeah. I think. Um, I like Old one? Dominion East Carolina. You love you some ECU. I do. And, so I think that could be a fun game. UVA Illinois baffles me in terms of like betting wise. Like I can't understand how UVA is an underdog, but like, I think yeah, that'll be an interesting game. Could happen that game. It could be gross. I have a lot of faith in UVA's offense. Yeah, I could see them losing. I could only see them losing like thirty-five, thirty-one. Like that's the, unless we get some weird stuff at the end. Baylor throw, BYU looks pretty sexy too. Should be a fun one as well. But Andrew, uh, you obviously have some games yeah, that you want to You're talk leading about. us. Yeah. You're leading us. I don't well, I don't want to say one you of know, your games. You know, I got my eye on uh on Salter and Liberty against uh UAB, but also mm-hmm. Arizona State, Oklahoma State's my favorite game of the week. I'll like having a huge bet on Arizona State win total under, like this is like Oklahoma State just don't give up fucking like fifty points to Emory Jones. I like you I I have total faith in Spencer Sanders in the offense showing out, but that defense scares me. That, that mm. but I, I think it's going to be an awesome atmosphere in Stillwater. I think it's going to be fun. I'm glad it's a night, and I'm looking forward to a bludgeoning uh, being handed down by the Pokes. Yeah, I got a question. Do you think Oklahoma State's defense is scary? Is that what you said? S- scary bad. Oh, scary bad, yeah, for sure. Okay. So I have a question. I was gonna say because you want them to lose, so I got so, you. Uh, them being Arizona. Chris, State. this is kind of directed to you, but if San Jose State beats Auburn this week, is Harson on a flight back to Boise next week? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I if, think if you don't think, think they, they would fire him if they lost no, to San Jose State, dude, they they're too invested money wise. They've already mm. wasted a year, so why fire him now? You know, you don't do that after one. I mean, San Jose State would be a bad loss, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, that's they played multiple quarterbacks early, by the way. Did you guys see that? They played Robbie Ashford like within the first quarter. Did they? Yeah. And he looked pretty decent, apparently. I mean, it's Mercer, but like Finley looked decent. Ashford looked def- uh, decent. But I think Ashford obviously was more of a true runner with some decent passing and then. Finley was better passing, but like still made some mistakes. All right, Andrew. So Jarquez Hunter looked good too, apparently. But I mean, both him and Tank had some some good numbers. But I don't know. Andrew, we'll you had, what what's your other games? You had three, right? I three did. Games? Yeah, but I for, I forgot. Um, what, a couple of them. Were. Does, does Wake Forest Vandy end forty five twenty one? That was one of them. Yeah, before Hartman, uh, Wake Forest Vandy, I thought was fun. Now it's even more fun. Right, I think a lot of people were picking Vandy to win that game, but now, do you think Vandy was winning that game before Hartman? No, no. They beat Elon by like twelve. <laughs> twelve, right? I thought it was more than that. I thought they. It was like forty-two thirty, right? Was, was something it like that? Oh, maybe it was. Maybe, wasn't great. maybe it, it was. Wasn't they, great. They're blowing them out, and they late gave them scores at the end. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, so Wake Forest, Vandy, what was your other one? Was it Mississippi State, Arizona? The, I don't like, remember. the 10 p.m. Fox Sports. No, one? The, but I do a pre no, it's not uh, 10 11. p.m. God, God's time. Yeah, so right, 11. right. Sorry, I have to, yeah, have to disclaimer. exactly. I, I appreciate the 11 p.m. kick, yeah. I, I, like because you someone actually went out of their way to say, you know what, 10 p.m. is the standard, but we're, we're bumping it to 11. Uh, <laughs> So you got to always appreciate that. I don't remember what my other. I like Oregon State Fresno's nice at, at ten thirty. Um, That's nice. Sports. Um, so there's another one that I I wanted to like USC Stanford. We kind of talked about it. Um, Florida Kentucky. Like that's a Florida runaway now, right? Like, is that how we feel, or do we think Kentucky makes that a game? No. Is Kentucky favored or am I making that up? Florida's favored by a touchdown. Oh, okay. My mistake. No, I think it'll be a good game. 
Can we acknowledge the fact that ACC Network is a garbage network? <laughs> and the reason why their deal is so bad is because they have to throw Virginia Tech against Boston College at 8 p.m. as their primetime game. Mm. Like, that's their best option this weekend, and it's proof as to why it's worth, like, $5 million a year for the, the conference. I have another question. Why is Iowa favored by three and a half against Iowa State? I was just going to say, is there a grosser game than Iowa-Iowa <laughs> State? Like, But Iowa's favored. Like, do they think Iowa State's that bad? Because Iowa looked pretty bad. Dude, have you have you ever uh, seen what happens in this game? No, I know it's it it gets wild. I get it. Yeah, but that just seems like a pretty I think, crazy I, line. You're, that's fair. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Um, so I'm looking at I'm looking at. Speaking of gross, let's do this. I'm looking at the StubHub tickets as low as number. Okay, on the schedule for the week. There are, what is the, I mean, this one's so obnoxious. I, I doubt it, but like, what would be your guess as to one of the lowest dollars to get in the game would be? How did you filter? What'd you do? Did you just filter this by college football? Can you do that? I just went to ESPN, ESPN right? CFB, yeah. and the schedule gives you tickets. Yeah. It says yeah. tickets as low as $2. $3 is the lowest. That's Alcorn State against Tulane. The Ole other, Miss is the five. next one is the next one, the lowest one's $4. And someone said it would be a great game to watch this weekend. East Carolina, Old Dominion. <laughs> Let's go. Booking my tickets okay. now. Yeah, no. flying out there. The, the next closest one that's like of a real game is Duke Northwestern. Ole Miss that Central is Arkansas awful. is five bucks. I could drive down to Oxford for five bucks. Cost me more in gas to get to Oxford than it would be to get into the game. Like to get in the game, get a beer, <laughs> right, and parking, right. I can come back with less than a hundred bucks. I'd be right. Hey, what do you guys think is going to happen, Bama, Texas? What's the most realistic possibility of what happens here? They're twenty uh, point favorites or something. I like would that. say forty-two to ten. Is the score. So Texas rolls. What about you? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, I'll give Texas a, a couple more field goals, but if, if, let's say 51 to 16. Mm. I really, really want this one to be closer, but I, I just, I mean, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. Boycott, big boycott, big noon kickoff. We shouldn't be having the best games of the day at fucking noon. It's, it's bullshit. So, who is, who is watching that shit? Who is people, people without kids? I mean, that I guess that's the answer, but yeah, let's go ahead and exclude <laughs> such a representative portion of our population. Well, like, seriously, so that, though, so that journalists can go home early or some like, shit. Like, for them to, to be close in this game, yours has to play out of his mind, right? He needs to just yeah. play like people expect Quinn or Ewers well, yeah, he's got to play to the, to, to the lofty expectations that people have yeah. for him, but. Even then, like, is that going to beat Alabama? I don't know that it does. No, it doesn't. Like, I mean, you losing Nair is so like their their wide receiver two now is replacement level at best. Right. At least when they had Nair, like, okay, worthy <laughs> Nair, like, let's go. Right. Uh, and then you've got so you've got some talent at tight end as well. Now, like, I think when that when the depth chart came out and everyone was like, who the f is that guy? Is that guy's name Casey Kane? Like, who the f is that guy? And Whittington's what he's got at most another week or two before his yearly season-ending injury, right? There are there. What if something happens to Worthy? That that dude's a twig, right? Yeah. And like it's a matter of time before he, one of his twenty targets leads to some to him being sidelined. Like they are in, in not great shape, and they are uh, from a skill position perspective. Yeah. Obviously, having Bijan is nice, but. Uh, I don't know if it like if to actually compete with Bama, it's like Ewers, Ewers playing up to his talent level is one thing, but there's a zillion other things that are going against him as well. All right. So unless Chris, you got something to say on that game or no, I was just going to say the only way this one stays close is if we get a Heisman performance out right. of Bijan. I think yeah. 
on the Texas side. I mean, Somebody's got to play out of their mind. Yeah, I think Bama's got a ton of offensive options, a lot of room for error. And like you guys were saying, Texas is very – I mean, it's a three-man – it's like three-man basketball, right? Like it's like – it's yours, it's Bijan, and it's worthy. If you're lucky, Jatavion Sanders is like a real dude um, and can like keep it going. But, yeah. I mean, they – the three of them would have to go for like 300 passing yards – buck 80 on the ground and worthy would have to have a buck 80 and even then i would say it's like 42 35 i mean you'd have to go straight chaos of alabama uh, auburn from a few years back where auburn won on like a hundred yard touchdown return for interception return for touchdown they had a, i think they had like a either a kickoff return for touchdown or something close to it like you have to have the crazy iconic game which is not what you want to rely on Right. So uh, before we go, I wanted to kind of address a couple questions that were in Discord. Um, Clint asks, uh, Devin Neal only had five touches. Is that cause for concern or because of his output on those four touches? Not mm. concern at all. Well, he went four carries, 108 yards, and two touchdowns in week Can one. Can I take this one? Yeah, go for it. So he, there was I, – I feel like the talk going into that game was that this was going to be a committee situation yep. with Neil leading it. And all of his touches, I believe, came in the first half. They absolutely obliterated that that FCS team over once they played. And No, he had two touches in the first half, two in the second. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> and, and he actually had 87 of his 108 yards in the second half. Yeah. He had a touchdown in both halves, but go on. Where I was going with that that misguided conclusion was that I think that it's still it's largely business as usual relative to what the expectation was going into the year, right? It's, they're going to split touches amongst their running backs, probably going to cycle through possessions, stuff of that ilk. Um, obviously, there, I think we we hoped that he would be the dude uh, for much of the offseason, but just as fall camp progressed, it felt like that probably wasn't going to be the case, so. It's not. I don't think that like the concern, cause for concern is that he's got to fight to get touches, meet, and like have a role. But he's pro. If the if your concern is that is he going to be the RB one on Kansas? Then yeah, there's concern there. Yeah, I would say you guys wanted him to be RB one. I have like literally zero Devin Neal because <laughs> yeah, Kansas is just not going to score enough points over the year. But I think you're right. Like I think there's two parts of it. I listened to the game, unfortunately. And they had made mention that it was – and I would said to myself, like, if I only knew this, I would have never played uh, Devin Neal in <laughs> DFS lineups. And then he has this crazy game. Like, this is back when he had, like, four carries for 70 yards or something. Like, four carries for 40 yards or something. I was, like, so mad at myself. Um, but they said that they wanted to use four guys. Like, in that yeah. game specifically, they wanted to use all four guys. Uh, I think one of them easily drops off. So you're – your worst case is looking at a three-man group. Maybe they turn it into a two-man group. I don't know if Kansas scores enough to make a, even a two-man split conversation happen, right? Like Devin Neal is valuable if he gets 55% of carries on an average to bad Kansas team. If he hits the 40% mark, you're, you'd have he'd have to be crazy TD efficient to, to be valuable. So I would be very All right. concerned. All right, so the last uh, two questions. So – CFF Jared, is your start your start sit pro, thought process different when you're deciding between two of your studs versus if you're deciding between two deeper players? I mean, I think if you're a stud, you're a stud, right? Like if yeah. I think this comes up with somebody saying Bijan, do you play him? Like, yeah, you play him. Like, is Bijan like are you not playing a dude that you pick top five? Like, is he really that good if he's top five pick? Like uh, Lou Nichols proved, you know, this is college football. Like, well, I just think if you're in a if you're in a bad matchup, you go to the same guy that's a superstar every time, and or your superstar makes enough plays on enough carries or catches or passes, right? Like, I wouldn't if you pick a guy in the first round, you don't bench. Okay, him ever. so you're telling me? Let me ask you honestly: you would rather if you had a choice between Bijan and Tajay Spears, you'd play Bijan this week? Yeah. Over Spears? Don't pick Bijan if you don't want to play him over Ty J Spears. 
this, I mean, this, this early in the season, I think I lean with Chris's sentiment. I mean, it's fair. I, I don't disagree. I'm just, I'm yeah. just, th- I was throwing out. It a, may change throughout the weeks. You know, it may change by week eight. You know, because you get more data to say Bijan did that, Bijan did this, and Tajay yeah. did this. Tajay. But like, it's week two. You play the yeah. guy you pick top five. Like Bama is not like 2006 Bama def- or 2000 maybe eight or nine Bama defense, right? Where they were insane. It's a different ball game. They give up points. Yeah, that's fair. I was just, I was just being playing devil's advocate. That's fair. But you went with your boy Tajay. I did. So that's why you, you noticed. You noticed I picked a guy I like. <laughs> I didn't pick George Halani. But anyway, um, uh, that's all we got for, for this week, guys. Um, we'll be back next week. We try to do this every week, recap and move forward. But um, keep an eye out on Twitter for our. Our games of the week. I know Andrew mentioned all of his. Um, we'll we'll post all of ours this week. Also, join the Discord, like, subscribe, everything you you know you're supposed to do with the YouTube video. Um, follow us, BTR Pod. Um, that's it. Zach, Andrew, Chris. We'll be back next week. So thanks, guys.